This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams, and I am so happy to be with you today. I certainly am. It's Wednesday. We always have a good time on Wednesdays because it's our Wacky Wednesday day. We talk about all kinds of uh, unusual things that we see happening in our world today, and we never lack for topics. We never lack for questions. All of that is because there's so much that's going on. In the midst of it, however, we try to lighten it up a little bit so we have a good time, and you know that means that Sue Brinkman is with us. She's with us every Wednesday for Wacky Wednesday, and I'm inviting you to stay with us today. We're not going to take your calls, though. We are going to dip into some of the topics that we really want to go into, you know, just a a little bit more explanation about. And in addition to that, we will be embroidering in, if you will, some of the questions that you have left for us on our comment line. So we invite you just to listen today, right? Uh, Take notes. Uh, Next week, we'll be back again. Take your questions. So all of that being said, I invite you to consider jotting them down and being at the ready next week. But we want you at the ready this week, listening to us today. All kinds of good things will come out of the program, and I think they'll be very beneficial for you uh, and very beneficial for those that you love as you share with them about uh, what it is that we talk on about on Wacky Wednesdays. So all of that being said, I do want to invite you to get out to our website, womenofgrace.com. All kinds of beautiful opportunities awaiting you there. We've got all kinds of events coming up. Uh, I do want to tell you a little bit about the marriage retreat day that's going to take place with myself and Jack Williams at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Boca Raton, Florida. Thriving in marriage in a post-truth culture. That's the theme. Uh, this is a big theme for me this year. Uh, this this idea of, of the post-truth culture and how it is that we make our way through it. And in this particular marriage retreat, we're going to be looking at some of the influences that can affect our life together as husband and wife, and why it is that we must stand firm in the sacrament of matrimony, which means that we're going to be talking a little bit about the sacrament of matrimony, obviously, and how it is that we can explore the graces there and live those graces in practical ways. It's going to be a wonderful day. Uh, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see the little video that Jack and I did uh, that uh, Father uh, there at at, uh, St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church asked us to uh, produce so that he could show it at the masses, uh, it, it gives you a sense of, of the way in which <laughs> we talk about serious matters all of the while uh, enjoying ourselves. Jack was very funny in that particular little video. There is always a lot of laughter when we come together with groups. So we, we want for you to join us, you know, and, and as Jack asks in that little video, he says, you know, uh, priests are required once a year to go on retreat. And remember this, they have about eight years of preparation prior to to taking their uh, vows, right? But what about us as married couples? How much preparation do we really have? Is a weekend enough? What about a month? Even a month, is that enough for a commitment that is meant to last until one of us dies? I'm not really sure that's enough. And then what about a retreat? When was the last time you were on a marriage retreat? I mean, these are questions that we should ask ourselves because if we're really serious about our vocation, we are going to make time for such matters. And so we're going to give you this opportunity uh, for a day 
It's not probably enough time, but it's better than no time. So we want you to come and join us at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church there in Boca Raton, Florida, if you're on the east coast of Florida, or, you know, if you just want to drive across 75 and join us there, you know, from the other coast, uh, we would love to join you. We certainly would. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a beautiful day. All of the information is at our website. Simply go out there read about it. You can even register there. We like to make it easy breezy. Directions to the church are there. Really and truly, I just think you will benefit by it. When Jack and I present it, we're also attending it. We always benefit by these days. I am sure that you will too, inviting you to join us there. And then friends, on Friday, February the 16th, I am going to be at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church in State College, Pennsylvania. It's going to be an absolutely lovely day evening there. It's going to start with Stations of the Cross at 6.30 p.m., and then I'll be giving a talk, a a parish-wide presentation, Thriving as Catholics in a Post-Truth World, a really important topic for us to dig into as we try to make our way through the culture that we're living in today. Uh, We're going to get into a, a beautiful discussion on a number of different issues that we face and how it is that we can navigate those issues Uh, through the light of faith and the grace of the sacraments. It'll be followed by confession and adoration. On Saturday, February 17th, at Our Lady of Victory from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. right there in State College, Pennsylvania. I am going to be uh, presenting a Catholic Women's Conference. The day will begin with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. We're going to feed you. There's going to be a light breakfast. We're going to give you a nice light lunch as well. I'll make two presentations, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Morning presentation, Who is Woman? Our special call and mission in a challenging world. Who is Woman? Our special call and mission in a challenging world. Then in the afternoon, we're going to talk about, you know, how it is that we can actually do something about that mission. How do we execute it? It'll be executing the mission steps for success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. That might give you some insight. Guess what that's going to be? That's going to be an acronym that we're going to unpack together. Uh, both both events there at Our Lady of Victory in State College, Pennsylvania is going to be lovely. Uh, listen, know the area. If you're in Johnstown, not too far to drive. Altoona, not too far to drive. Lewisburg, not too far to drive. Obviously, State College, you are right there. Hey, you can even come in from Harrisburg. You can come in from Pittsburgh. We want you to join us there in State College for the evening, February 16th, and for the day, February 17th, that day for women, beginning at 9 a.m., as I shared with you, ending at 4 p.m. You hear that music? We're going to a break. When we come back, Sue Brinkman is with us. We are digging into our mailbag and pulling out some topics, so stay tuned. you hear that music and it lets you know that it's Wednesday. If you didn't know that already, and here on Women of Grace Live, it is a wacky Wednesday. Sue Brinkman is with us. We talk about a lot of things that have to do with the New Age, the occult, uh, you know, these kinds of of, uh, ideologies that are being presented to us that 
uh, are wrapped in packaging that could make us almost think that they're just perfectly all right. And yet, what do we know? We know that they're not all right. We know that sacred scripture talks against them. In addition to that, we also know that the the beautiful catechism of the Catholic Church talks against it. We also know that there are documents of the church besides the catechism that talks against these kinds of things. And yet, uh, Catholics are turning their head in their direction and looking at them and uh, becoming involved with them. And that is a recipe for disaster. So without further ado, let's welcome Sue. Hey, Sue, how are you? Oh my gosh, Just I can't stop rhyming. rhyming today. It's going to be a good one. You're rhyming today. <laughs> I don't know. I always, I always think of Princess Bride when, when I'm rhyming like yes. that. <laughs> it's such a funny movie. Oh, my goodness sakes. Well, you know, it, it is true. Uh, we don't run out of topics, do we? There, there's just so much oh. to talk about. I feel, and I feel so bad about that. I, I wish that one day we would run out of things to talk about. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It but would. people are out there dabbling in all kinds of stuff, and they really don't have a good understanding of the fundamentals of the new age or of the occult. A lot of people, you say the word occult, they don't even know what that means. Yeah. And it's it's sad because they they just need to have a little bit of, of an education in that. And I think that they would make their own wise decisions. Um, we don't have to really be sitting here and, and talking to them about things like this because they would be able to say, oh, wait a minute, the occult, that's supernatural, mystical, magical beliefs. Um, you know, these are things that could be connected with with satanic activity. You know, oh, maybe I don't want to get involved in that. Maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, give them, I always say, give people a chance. At least teach them, give them the information that they need. And most of them are going to make the right decisions because they're smart. People aren't stupid. They're smart. And, and they will make, I think, the right decisions if we give them the information. So that's what we try to do here yes. is to give them information. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's and, a twofold. And, yeah. I was going to just say, it's a twofold process. I mean, in, you know, what we do, we, we do it from the negative side, meaning that we expose, you know, that which is not good. But the more that we know what is good, the more that we understand what a true life in Christ is about, when we understand what, uh, you know, the, the saints teach us about the spiritual life, a life in union with him, then we are pretty well capable of knowing when something false is presented. I always think about, you know, tellers in a bank, you know, how do they train them to recognize a counterfeit bill? Well, they train them by handling the real thing so that when the false thing is slipped to them, there's actually a, ta uh, you know, a tactile response. Their, their touch tells them something's the matter. Or you might think of uh, someone that is, is highly skilled, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, uh, you know, dressmaking, someone that, works with a lot of fabrics, you know, they'll be able to uh, tell the difference between something that is real silk and something that's a synthetic, uh, you know, uh, you know, what do I want to say? Synthetic substitute. Uh, so, you know, it's a both and. So that's the positive side, knowing the faith really well and understanding what the spiritual life is all about, what true mysticism is. And then the other side is pointing out what isn't today, Yes, and you know, I have learned so much about the Catholic faith just by researching these topics. And I say, okay, gee, let's just take that for an example. Gee, well, okay, what is that? Okay, well, it's an impersonal energy force. We, we know that. Um, and and we, uh, we also know that it's, as in the research, that it's not substantiated by science. 
chi is a putative rather than a veritable energy force. Veritable is is um, uh, confirmed by science. We know that it exists. Putative really isn't. It's an imaginary type of thing. So, well, what's so bad about that? You know, you ask yourself that question. What's so bad about that? Well, when you read in in um, uh, Jesus Christ, the bearer of the word of life, the church considers that impersonal energy force to be the new age God. Mm-hmm. It's an impersonal energy force rather than who our God is. Our God isn't an energy force. He's a person. And, mm-hmm. when, when he appeared to Moses over the burning bush, and Moses said, who should I say you are? What did he say? He said, I am who am. He didn't say I am what is. Mm-hmm. I am who am. He identified himself clearly as a person. He is a person. So you begin to put these things together and you see your face. You, you just Google or whatever browser you use out there use the internet for to 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 serve the good of the world by teaching yourself these things that you can help other people by explaining it to them you know just google in there catholic teaching on chi and you're going to get it it's going to pop right up to you. you don't have to have all these books or all that you're going to find the information that you need out there so i always encourage people to go ahead research it don't be afraid to look around and don't just go by what's on the New Age website mm-hmm. because they're they're selling you something. That's a multi-billion dollar industry out there. There is big money in the New Age, very big money in the New Age. So they're trying to sell you something. And you want to always you know, look what they have to say because you want to see what, what their understanding of it is. And then you go out there and you, you type in something like, you know, chi scam or chi scam. Uh, problems with uh and you'll start to get all kinds of information uh that's going to fill in the blank so to speak and give you a much bigger picture otherwise you're just getting this narrow view of what they're putting forth on the on the their website and their websites are often very beautiful um you know top of the line state-of-the-art websites out there they're going to sell it to you great marketing they're going to sell you what, what they want to sell you, whether it's it's fake, phony, dangerous for you spiritually. I mean, most of those people don't even know. A lot of them don't even know the difference between veritable and putative energy if you ask them. Um, they don't well, know I think the, the difference majority they're pe- out there selling it. Yeah, I, I would venture to guess the majority of people wouldn't know because the majority of people wouldn't have a need to know. But in, in our day and time, we have a need to know about all of these things. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so delighted that you do the research for us. Although, I think you've just given us a really nice little lesson <laughs> implicitly <laughs> in, in, in your comment, right, on, on how it is that we can pull up information and how to use, uh, you know, the, the Internet for, for researching and not just for going out and looking at social media. And uh, you are right. There's a lot of information there. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, you know, you also have taken the research that you've done, Sue, and you have put it to excellent use in that you offer us the New Age blog that is available at our website, womenofgrace.com. And I was telling you, uh, friends, at the beginning of the program here that, you know, there's a lot of good resources available for you there. You know, obviously, we like to list our upcoming events, but there are lots of resources that help you to live the abundant life and to share it with others and not to get hoodwinked by what's going on. Uh, You know, that blog is great. 
You can get there by going to womenofgrace.com. It's it's featured on the homepage there. You just click on it. It'll take you there. Or you can do, uh, you can get there directly by going newage.womenofgrace.com. And it will take you directly there as well. Uh, so, you know, use that site. Use it. We know that lots of priests use it. I, I mention this frequently. A lot of the exorcists, and not just in this country, but in the world use it. Uh, because it is such a great uh, resource for discovering all about these various kinds of things. But, you know, Sue, um, I, I used a phrase there. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, uh, but I, I said, you know, you don't want to be hoodwinked. Um, that phrase actually comes from Freemasonry. Does <laughs> um, it really? I never knew that. Yeah, it does. And uh, at least that's what I was told. So I'm going on it because it was someone who had done deep research on it. So anyway, that's where that comes from. Uh, and it comes from the fact that the that the individuals are uh, blindfolded when they're taking these oaths. I'm raising that issue because... Uh, you know, a lot of people just view Freemasonry as a type of uh, club or organization that men belong to. Uh, they might not realize that there is a branch for women and then there's a branch for young uh, young teenage girls and a branch for boys, young teenage boys as well. Uh, they might even have them for younger children. I'm not really sure. But uh, there's a tendency to lump all of these uh, you know, social organizations, if you want to call them that, Freemasonry goes well beyond that, but to lump them all together, like like Freemasonry, the Lions Club, uh, you know, the uh, the Rotary, Rotary International, uh, to pull all of these together under one big umbrella. But there are differences between them. You know, the Rosicrucian Society uh, is, is, is another one. Uh, so, you know, share with us a little bit, tease this out for us so that we're not misled, nor, uh, you know, looking at all of these with, with the same kind of, of um, you know, uh, concerned eye, if you will. Well, you need to do your research on them. You need to, to look them up and, and understand what they're all about and their websites are very informative for for instance we had a question recently on the lions club are the lions masons and i thought well that's a good question i don't know if they're there's a lions club within walking distance of my house as a matter of fact um and i walk past it when i do my roastery at lunchtime all the time i thought oh, what is what are they all about um and, and they actually began with a 38 year old chicago businessman and a freemason named melvin jones he was actually a Mason, and and um, he once asked his distinguished colleagues, he said, what if these men who are successful because of their drive, intelligence, and ambition were to put their talents to work improving their communities? That became the Lions Club. All these people who are successful, you don't have to be a Mason uh, if you're successful wherever you are and you're a hard worker and that you can you can become a lion and you it's sort of like a, a secular service club organization and it raises money for worthy causes. A big cause in the beginning uh, back in 1925 was blindness and they would give a lot of money to, to different research about that and schools for the blind and that and that really came after you know Helen Keller addressed the Lions Club International Convention at, at one point. Um, and, and asked them to be knights of the blind in the crusade against darkness. Um, but, uh, and it's, it's open to women now, but it wasn't open to women until till 1986. It was exclusively a men's organization when it first began. But you can go out there and look on the website and find all this information. You can find it all out. And what connection does Alliance have with Freemasonry? You want to stay away from anything that's Masonic. 
just stay away from that. Don't even go there. We have mm-hmm. a good blog about that on our site. You can go there and you can read a little bit of in-depth uh, uh, history of Freemasonry and what's wrong with it and what the church has taught uh, about it. Um, and just recently even updated his information and reconfirmed uh, the condemnation of, of Freemasonry. Um, but you go out onto the websites and you read them <clears throat> to see what exactly they're they're doing. The Lions Club, uh, just their their Melvin Jones. You know he was a Mason, um, but there's there really is no direct link between the, the Lions and the Masons. They're on a very chummy basis, um, but you don't have to be a, a Mason. There's there's no rituals. Uh, there's no uh, there's nothing like that. Uh, in, involved in the Lions Club or in the Rotary or in the Kiwanis, uh, etc. Uh, the Masons recruit from those organizations, but they're not Masonic. Um, uh, I've seen some statements that say that their clubs are actually part of the, the Masonic uh, network, sort of like front groups, but I really haven't been able to find any credible evidence to support those claims. Like some of the places where I saw them, I didn't feel like the sources were, were very credible, and I I just couldn't go with that. Um so they're not directly linked to Freemasonry, but like the Lions Club does allow local chapters to fund Planned Parenthood. That's something you have to be careful about with the Lions Clubs. Um, but I guess in answer to your question, uh, John, as we don't get hoodwinked, we need to, to do a little bit of, of research. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel like doing that research, you can always send the question to S. Brinkman at womenandgrace.com. <laughs> and that's what I do. I answer you. And I, I, I look up the information or I give you the link to, to where it is on our on our blog so that you can read about it. Because we appreciate people that come to us because I see that as an act of charity towards mm-hmm. your neighbor. Because so many people are writing, they'll say, oh, my friend is this or this is happening in my family. They're reaching out because, you know, they want the information to help others. And that's what we're here for is to give you answers. And I look at the stuff up. You can check out all my sources. I give you the links to the sources in the articles or the blogs that I I will send you. So, you know, don't hesitate to write to us or just to newage at womenofgrace.com. And that will come directly to me. Um, So. Uh, yeah, just do your research or reach out to the people who will do the research uh, and get the answers that you deserve. Well, and, you know, I have to say that, that the work that you do, Sue, uh, is, is a spiritual work of mercy in and of itself. You know, it, it is because you're educating the people. And that's precisely one of the characteristics, one of the ways in which we live a spiritual work of mercy. That is a spiritual work of mercy. But I just want to give you an example here. Uh, you know, the secret societies, the church talks against those. And specifically in the old code of canon law, uh, Freemasonry was mentioned specifically. But then when the Code of Canon Law was rewritten, I think it was in 1983, I think I'm right on that date, um, they, they, they broadened it out to include all secret societies. So some people thought, well, now Freemasonry is okay. Well, no, it's not because it's a secret society. But so is the Rosicrucians. And um, this is how you this is how you can kind of get pulled in. So if you go out and you look up Rosicrucianism, you know, there's a question there. What do the Rosicrucians believe in? And it'll say teachings present the mysteries in the form of esoteric knowledge of which Christ spoke in Matthew 13, 11 and Luke 8, 10. Right. So it says the fellowship seeks to prepare the individual through harmonious development of mind and heart in a spirit of unselfish service to mankind and an all-embracing altruism. We would say, wow, that's a really nice organization. But then you go to their website 
And it says the Rosicrucians are a community of philosophers who study natural laws in order to live in harmony with them. Our mission is to provide seekers with the spiritual wisdom necessary to experience their connectedness with the miraculous world around us and to develop mastery of life. You would say, oh, okay. Then it goes on and says, our studies include the mysteries of birth and death, the illusory nature of time and space, awakening of the psychic consciousness, human consciousness and cosmic consciousness, mystical power of vowel sounds and mantras, the creative power of visualization, and it goes on, but you get the, you get the message. So this, this idea of being you know, careful about what it is that you get involved in, I think, is really very important. Oh, I absolutely think that it is. And and like you said there, you've got to get out there and do a little bit of your homework. It doesn't take long. It's only a few minutes. But you need to do that and stay away from these secret societies because they have yep. rituals and rites that are against um, – the, the, they are not compatible with the Christian worldview. Uh, they don't recognize Jesus Christ. Uh, the Masons don't. You can you can worship anything you want or worship nothing at all to be a Mason. And and um, so you got to be very careful with these organizations. It's a it's a great topic, uh, Johnette, for people yep. to research. Yes. Yep. There's belief systems embedded in many of these things, and we have to be very wary. Well, here we are. We're going to uh, our bottom of the hour break here. Sue Brinkman is with us today. It's Wednesday. It's a wacky Wednesday. We're not taking calls today because we are going to go to calls that you have left for us on our comment caller line. Here's the number for you to use for that. It's the same as the call-in number, 833-288-EWTN. Use it after 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Leave your question or comment there. Say it's for Women of Grace. It'll get to us. We'll be able to address it on a day like today. Going to that break. Coming right back. Sue is with us. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. You know what that music means. It means that Sue Brinkman is with us. We are here together on Wednesdays. It's a wacky Wednesday. We talk about all kinds of things that have to do with the new age. Really, you know, a lot of false spiritualities that have invaded our culture and are really pulling people away from the revealed truth of sacred scripture and the teachings of the church. And we sure don't want that to happen to you. Uh, so we spend this day every week talking about those matters so that you can discern the difference between what is of God and what is not, what is okay, and what's going to lead you away. And that's what we do here. Uh, you know, so, and it's really very true. Uh, you know, did we ever think that that music would be associated with us? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, I always laugh. Every time I hear it, I laugh. I think, how did this happen to me? How do I end up here? Like people hear creepy music and they say, oh, it's Wednesday and Sue Brinkman is on Johnette's program. Right now, that's terrible. I don't know. Oh, anyway, um, it, it's the theme of the show, folks, not the theme of Sue's life or my life. That's true. Please. <laughs> well, one of the great features that we uh, offer you here on Women of Grace Live and all of the live shows at EWTN is that you can uh, leave questions for us on our listener comment line. And I just like to give you the one that you know so well, and it's 833-288-EWTN. After 4 p.m., that number becomes our comment line number. Okay, so you use it, uh, you know, to call into the live show when the live show is airing. But after 4 p.m., Eastern time, which is when the last live show ends, which is open line with my husband, Jack Williams, uh, it becomes the comment line. So you can use it then, leave a question there. If you want it specific for a show, name the show. 
for example, you know, this question is for women of grace and leave your question. It'll get segmented out on a day like today. We'll address it. We like to dig into that uh, caller line every once in a while because you do leave comments for us and uh, we do want to be of assistance and help. We want to answer those questions for you. So we've got one coming up right now, Sue, and this one uh, comes from a caller talking about physical fitness and faith. Let's hear what the caller asks. Ed, uh, should we not be emphasizing more on physical fitness and health as an important part of Catholic Christian spirituality? All right. So that's very interesting, right? Um, You know, I I, I don't know if we got that whole question, but the question is, you know, physical fitness health, bodily health versus spiritual health. Shouldn't we be concentrating more? Shouldn't we be doing shows on physical health as opposed to faith, Sue? Well, you know, if you look at the Bible and what the Bible has to say about it, in 1 Timothy 4, 8, it says, for while bodily training is of some value, Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So what it's saying is, yeah, you should um, train the body and have good health. Of course, our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You have to take care of that temple of the Holy Spirit. You can't be, you know, pumping it full of junk food and uh, using, you know, drugs and, and different things like that. We're supposed to be respecting our body as as the temple of the Spirit. So, yes, it's of, of, of tremendous value in it, but it should never become an obsession. And that's what I think has happened in our society today. It's really become more like an obsession. People are at the gym all the time. Everything is all about their body. Everything is about what they put into their body. Um, uh, they, they, the whole wellness industry, I think, pretty much emphasizes this. It's all the body uh, uh, the body is, is, is everything. And that's what they're paying all their attention to, uh, rather than the soul and the spirit. Now we're saying that, that, um, that bodily health has something to do with the spirit, but you know, we have so many saints in, in our, uh, uh, lexicon that, that, uh, Lexian, that, that does not, they didn't have any physical fitness at all. They were very, very ill, but they were highly spiritual people. Uh, some of them were confined to bed. They, they couldn't even, you know, get out of bed. Um, and I think of St. Teresa of Avila, who was so sick, uh, almost her whole life she was sick. At one point, she was actually pronounced dead, and they were getting ready to bury her. Um, but some of these people, you know, they, they, they put the spiritual life ahead of the physical fitness. Uh, not that she didn't take care of herself, but but she did have a you know very rugged life, Um so I just think that that you, you just got to be careful that you keep it in the in the right balance. Spirit comes first, then body is what I say. Yeah, and that's what that passage said. I, that, that's an excellent passage. It says it's of some value, right? Uh, physical mm-hmm. fitness or physical health is of some value, but spiritual is always valuable. And I think that if you look at it, the question that we have to ask ourselves because we can fall into precisely what you describe, an obsession with the body. The cult of the body is something that mm-hmm. is front and center today. People worry only about the body to the point where it is a vanity uh, and pulls them away from God. So the question is, you know, why do I take care of my body? And am I in right balance in my perspective of why I do it? Is it because I have, God has given this body to me, I have a stewardship responsibility for it, and he does want me to take care of it. 
uh, you know, and it brings honor and glory to him when I do, or is, is my real motivation? Well, you know, I, I just, you know, want to, you know, flaunt my, my, you know, my, my well-toned body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. And so we have to be, we have to really guard against falling into an extreme there. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. Uh, as it is, you know, with everything that seems to be Catholic, you know, the virtue is in the middle, as St. Thomas Aquinas told us. So it's putting everything into balance. Well, you know, and constantly, and I don't think that we'll ever stop, Sue, getting questions regarding crystals and auras and, you mm-hmm. know, aura reading and, you know, crystals having energy and power and all of that stuff. Uh, and we have a question from a caller on that. So let's go to that question next. My name is Mary. Responding to a show I'm listening to about um, new age stuff. And I have a question about crystals. My daughter has developed a real interest in crystals, in making jewelry out of crystals. And she's getting very involved in the fact that it's, each crystal represents a different aura, um, and I'd like to have more information about that if I could. Thank you, and have a nice day. Really good question, uh, and and I, I think that we recognize and realize that you know, there are a lot of young people that are involved in crystals. I don't know how old this person is, but uh, crystals have taken this country by storm and really have, I think, begun to uh, be represented in a way in which it has nothing to do with the reality of what a crystal is and what it's all about. No, the New Age has totally co-opted the whole industry of crystals, that's for sure. Um, crystal jewelry is very popular. Um, people believe that the crystals store and even direct many different kinds of energy, including electrical energy, psychic, magnetic, nuclear energy, even they believe these stones uh, do and supposedly absorb the energy and other forces of nature. So that, um, and, and that includes the touch of humans. So that's why people will sometimes cherish a particular stone because the loved one has touched it. And they believe that it, once it's touched, it's, it's imprinted its power into that, that stone. So you can see how this is all superstition. Right. Uh, there's no scientific evidence that these crystals have any of these powers at all um, other than a placebo effect. Um, but that doesn't really stop proponents from promoting those wares. And it's all over the Internet. And each stone supposedly has uh, different powers. Um, and, and if you, from one site to another, you go, and they're all different, what the powers supposedly have, they all have their own idea of what, what they are. So you have to be very careful about this because, you know, they're beautiful stones, um, but they can be used, uh, in ways that are not compatible with the Christian worldview. They're being used in superstitious way, rage, uh, ways where people are saying that they're able to, you know, uh, bring peace and harmony to their house, to, uh, you know, uh, attract health, uh, different kinds of things, uh, cure their anxiety. There's different different crystals for, for each of those different things. Um, but there's no proof. There's no proof that ever happened. It's just all placebo effect. It's just all in your mind, if that's just what you want to believe. Uh, so, yeah, I feel bad for as far as the auras are concerned, that there's certain auras. The aura is actually very, very interesting. Because an aura is a glow that surrounds everything that's, that has life in it. And it shows up on photographs that are taken with an infrared camera. So auras, they're real. Um, 
Now, New Agers co-opted them, and they believe them to be energy fields or or the life force that radiates from the body. So they're talking about chi here, and that it, they say it manifests in different colors, and that depends on the person's feelings and the state of health. So, you know, the clairvoyants claim that they they can read or scan your order your aura in order to to diagnose some illness or affect some kind of healing or even predict your future. Um, they they like to do this with auras. But auras, and this is according now to a professor uh, of physics and, and astronomy at the University of Hawaii, the energy that causes an aura is called black body electromagnetic radiation. That's a form of veritable energy, completely substantiated by science. And that produces an invisible infrared light that's the result of the random movement of all these charged particles in the, in the body that are caused by heat. So this has nothing to do with the life force at all. It's, it's normal energy that comes from your body that, that just comes from the, the inner workings of the body. Um, it has nothing to do with any of these supernatural things, but you know, teen Vogue a couple years, years ago, and people wonder why young girls are into witchcraft. They had a whole article in there. It was part of their practical magic series. Oh, my um, goodness. And, yeah, and they say, oh, oh, lots of things aside from someone's bad energy can affect your aura, like the everyday stress of life. But as a witch, you will want to protect your energy at all costs from negativity because it's essential to have a clear, magical, and spiritual channel at all times. And the person who wrote this article is named Lisa Stardust. Okay, oh, so here's where we have credible or not credible <laughs> uh, sources. But anyway, Lisa Starsa, Stardust t- tells these young girls, this is how you learn to see your aura, by meditating on your hands and fingers for 45 minutes while facing a white wall. Oh, now, there's a brilliant, a brilliant thing to do with your time. Sit and stare at a white wall with your hands for 45 minutes. And after you do that, you're going to be able to see your own aura. And then you'll be able to see other people's aura too. And you can even absorb their essence if you want. So this is the kind of stuff that's being fed to our young people about this fanciful nonsense of an aura. And you could go out on the internet and find this information in less than five minutes. That that this is what an aura is. Everybody does have an aura, but it has nothing to do with chi, ki, and your life force energy. And it's not going to be able to predict your future. Uh, or even pr- tell you what your temperament is. A lot of them say, oh, your temperament, you're a blue, you must be a sad person, or you're a red, you must be hot-tempered, you know, something. No, no, I'm not. That just happens to be the particles, charged particles in, in my body that are caused by heat, and everybody has them. This is uh, this is what an R truly is. So it's it's very interesting how they take stuff and they just twist it. To, to be what they want it to be. And then they go and teach it to other people like our, our dear little teen girls. Yeah. You know, as a witch, you're going to want to do this. Well, you know, it, 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 uh, it, it's, it's assigning uh, a value and assigning a power to something that in and of itself is valueless in terms of, of you know, moral realities and doesn't have a power in and of itself except the power that God assigned to it, for example, like lightning, you know. But, you know, it's interesting on, on the crystals too, Sue, uh, I just want to mention, you know, crystals in and of themselves uh, were created by God. 
So there's mm-hmm. nothing inherently evil about a crystal. It's what we say the crystal does that begins to lead us in a, a poor direction. And we oftentimes have people that will inquire too about birthstones. Well, gee, you know, can I wear a birthstone? Can I wear a crystal? Absolutely. You, absolutely. You can wear both of those as long as you're not wearing them in a superstitious way. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 trying to say that, you know, uh, this birthstone is going to mean something or this crystal is going to bring me some sort of a power. Um, you, you don't, we actually, we have a whole uh, blog on birthstones out there. Uh, there's a lot of superstitions that are associated with, with birthstones, but you don't have to embrace them. You know, those stones, the garnet, the amethyst, the emerald, the onyx, these, as you said, were all created by God. Uh, there's nothing wrong with them. However, you do need to be careful of jewelry. That is produced for this. And again, there's uh-huh. a blog on the on a website gives you the warnings about this. Um, many jewelry makers who especially are in the field of, of working with crystals are um, they like to bless their pieces. Um, one of them, and I found several websites where they actually came out. The jewelry actually came right out and said, oh, our shame is they bless all these before they leave us. One person says that her pieces are imbued with intention for men and women. Adorn yourself with the mystical elegance of an absolutely one-of-a-kind piece of spirit magic. Oh, dear Lord. And and other, have mercy yes, and they're saying that, hey, I'm, I, I, I put this blessing uh, on, your, on your gemstone for your birth chart, and I will create your Vedic astrology talismans from it. And the stones you select are going to be specially chosen on an auspicious day. Ensuring that your jewelry is blessed with abundant positive energy and blessings. Be very careful where you buy that jewelry from because Mm -hmm. they may be putting blessings on their pieces. And they're not really what we believe. They're not the kind of blessings that we talk about. Um, So you've got to just watch that. Uh, Anything that's with the crystals in it. uh, Birthstones are are pretty much safe. But I would still, because the new age is so prevalent out there, check. Just check. It can't hurt you to check. Um, absolutely absolutely well and so many of these people that are involved in these things uh you know the the aura reading and all of this that they're mediums and they are psychics and there's a big difference you know between the 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 gift of prophecy uh like we see in sacred scripture and mediumship so we've got another question we're going to go to it now Yeah, my name is Bill. We're talking about prophecy and how, how that's connected to wicked spirits. As, as I understand it, a New Testament definition of prophecy is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And I find that a great guideline for myself personally as more people in the, in the church of today have a gift of prophecy and they don't know it because they don't understand it, but they, experience, they actually experience it and uh, edify the church in that way. Thank you kindly. Yeah, and that's a really good question because I think that it takes us to the heart of making a distinction, as we said in setting that question up, between the the gift of prophecy uh, that we see so clearly in sacred scripture in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament uh, and the gift of prophecy that many people experience, uh, you know, in their spiritual life uh, versus this mediumship and this psychic kind of, of um, uh, you know, oracle th- that is out mm-hmm. there. Divination. 
Right. You know, that's kind of, I, I think it's it's kind of like the occult version of prophecy is to divine a person's future. And yeah, I do believe in the in the gift of prophecy in the church. And I do believe that that's true and that many, many people have it. I think that the caller is absolutely correct in that. But that is not mediumship. And right. mediumship is when you call upon spirits for this particular information because you want, to, you want to divine some kind of information from those spirits. And you call upon the spirits, uh, but you also allow those spirits um, to come into you and to speak through you. And when you do that, now you're acting as a medium. Uh, you're channeling a particular spirit because you're trying to divine some information from them. There are, there are very stark differences between the two of them, between prophecy and the church. Uh, and and the practice of divination uh, through mediumship that and through psychic um, psychic mediums, um, absolutely there are very very stark differences between the two of them, and they can be extremely dangerous if you if you get those mixed up. Because yeah, if you're yeah, dabbling it, around in the occult, that's not going to end well for you. No, and and mediums typically will seek to go into a trance like state. You know, I mean, in other words, they kind of become the. Uh, the initiator in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the true gift of prophecy, there is no trance-like state. And you're not the initiator. It's God who initiates the action through you. Good you're point. not seeking That's it. That's a very, right? very good point. Absolutely. You're not seeking it at all. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's some, a prophetic word that, that a person might get um, is not something that they've, they've sought. It's just something that, that the Lord gives to them as a gift. That's why we call it a gift. Because it is a gift. And you don't walk around just because you've gotten a gift once, once in a while of, of prophecy. You're not necessarily a prophet from that. Okay, no. you, only, you only have that gift when he wants to give it to you. And he needs you to use it for a reason to build up his church. That's um, exactly so right. it has a, ver a, very, uh, a, a, a very strong intention there uh, for the gift of prophecy in the church. But divination and mediumship is something you deliberately try to do. That's um, right. And you... You really try to, you know, evoke these spirits and try to get these spirits to speak to you and through you, uh, which is extremely dangerous. And you don't want to do that because the, the, the spirits that are contacting you are not the spirits of the dead. They're the spirits of demons who are impersonating the dead. Um, so you kind of set yourself up for a very big fall when you get involved in those things. Yeah. So we want to stay away from all of this. And, and the fact of the matter is, friends, you know, uh, in the end, God will give the gifts that are needed for any particular day and time. And he knows what it is that we need. And he is the one who makes those decisions, not us. So we want to be very careful uh, to uh, always, of course, be open to what God wants to do in us and through us, but not to be seeking in the sense of, uh, you know, self, some kind of self-aggrandizement. The other thing, too, is mediums charge money. <laughs> you know, typically you're, you're paying them. So, you know, you got to step aside from that when there's that kind of thing going on and ask the big questions. I, I think that we've got one more, we've got time for one more question. This one uh, has to do with oil of gladness and, and all kinds of things like that. So this is a fascinating question. Let's go to it. Hi, this is Brandon. I'm in Bismarck, North Dakota, and I just had a question about the holy cycle, the oil of gladness, the sacred secretion, uh, the book of St. Thomas that was left out, the instruction manual for the holy secretion to heal our own bodies um, from within, from the land of milk and honey from within with the Christos oil. Um, it's all biblical and it's all real. 
and it's linked to the lunar calendar and so much more. And I just would hope you guys could expand on this, this research that I've studied and I found and tell us why they left it out of the Bible. Have a blessed day and a happy new year. Well, Sue, there you go. <laughs> I don't really know that much about this whole holy cycle of gladness and that sort of thing. I do know why the, the Gospel of St. Thomas isn't in the Bible, because it contains you know controversial material. Early Orthodox Christian leaders didn't agree with, with this stuff. Um, There's sort of like a Gnostic theme to that. <clears throat> so uh, that was excluded from the Bible. But I, I don't know why the oil of gladness would have been left out. And, and was it left out of the Bible? Um, I would have to look into that myself, to be honest with you. Well, the, there, there, there are passages in sacred scripture that talk about the oil of gladness, right? Um, but in the the Gospel of Thomas, which is an apocryphal book, uh, it's 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 Gnostic, which you know Gnostic mm-hmm. in its in its essence, which is a heresy, and that it's it was not determined to be divinely inspired, uh, so that's why it was left out, and we're better leaving it out then getting involved with these kinds of things because it sends us on a on a you know a chase uh, you know of a, of a, a rabbit going down a hole and we're going to go down the hole with it right. so we want to be really careful yeah. so thanks so much for being with us it was a great program friends we always invite you to join us every wednesday for wacky wednesday i'm here for you all of the other days of the weekdays in addition to that leave a comment for us use the call-in number after 4 p.m eastern time and we will address it on a day just like today. Thanks as always, Sue. God bless all of you. Bye now.